Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of the Celtics Reddit Podcast. My name is Ben Ballas, aka Brutal Gash, and I'm here to blow it up and trade our bench after a two-game skid that's got the Celtics Reddit feeling particularly glum. With me to wallow and commiserate, a big welcome back, our esteemed analyst from across the Tasman. It's Joe, aka Nose Grows McFly. Joe, how's it going? It's good. It's good. Uh, my horse came in second in the Melbourne Cup office sweep today, which... Um for our American listeners, is a horse race. For our Australian listeners, requires no explanation. It's pretty good. You know, you've you've got I don't know what it is. What a one in thirty chance of bit of a bit of a distraction. A little little awkward when you're standing in a in a room full of colleagues watching the Melbourne Cup and trying to watch the Celtics game on the sly. I was actually doing. I was, that's exactly what I was doing. And as the Celtics as the Celtics were falling to pieces, um, actually my horse was in the lead. And I, well. I mean, this is you might have to cut this out, but because um, I, because I, obviously nobody knows anything about horse racing, we just watch this one race a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I they they were the the announce was excitedly talking about Marmello, you know, hoodie Marmello, and um, <laughs> and 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 I thought my well, my horse was the one that was doing this big overtake at the end, so I was you know I was really cheering with some gusto, but it turned out of course that my horse was the one that was actually the overtaken, and symbolically. The Celtics were falling behind at the exact same time, but it's okay, you know. Um, there are prizes for second in some in some parts of the world, and I, and I got them. I got the spoils. I got I got twenty five bucks. Man, I'm stoked. Uh, I'm I'm glad you got something out of the moment. I was becoming in- increasingly irritable uh, throughout the occasion as the Celtics were. Uh, Losing and my horse was nowhere to be seen in the uh, in the announcements. I think they were sort of trailing. In there the wasn't back the one the that died. Somewhere. Sorry, it wasn't the one that died. Not this year. Sort of although the, my horse the, has the died annual, the, um, <laughs> two out of the three years that I've I've betted on. So <laughs> yeah, I really need to stop betting. Fortunately, my horse lived this year, so I guess that that's a victory. That's progress. Um, look, coming up on the show, the usual business. Really, pretty pretty fun two games against the Pacers and the Nuggets, despite the losses. We'll be talking about that. We'll, of course, take a look at some of the top posts and content from around Celtics Reddit and perhaps discuss any recent news or developments coming out of Celtics land. But first, an exciting and somewhat frustrating game against the Nuggets. The Celtics went down 107-115 in the Mile High City thanks to a 48-point outing by Jamal Maple Curry Murray. Joe, this is your first time back since the opening night blowout 
against the Sixers. Correct me if I'm wrong. We'll we'll, we'll get to the Nuggets game, sort of in general, and the Pacers game in a sec. But I'm really keen just to sort of hear your your general feelings about the Celtics uh, so far this year. What, what do you reckon? Um, so I think that the first thing that you've got to say is um, we like it's not quite working. But we're still a, we're still a good team. We're just not that good, you know. Um, I thought we would, you know, if you said That's Joe, if you asked me on October one how I thought would be, or maybe more accurately on September the twenty fifth, we'd played some preseason games. I think by the start of October, and they hadn't gone that great. But um, you know, if you'd asked me um, before training camp um, if if whether I thought the team would be as good as they are now, I would have said no. I think they should be a bit better. Um, but there's a lot of things in it that aren't that surprising when you actually drill down. Um, like, truthfully, um, Terry Rozier is actually playing like Terry Rozier has played throughout his entire career. Jalen Brown is, you know, still a basket case at the free throw line. <laughs> and, um, and you know, Al Horford, you know, it's, it's, the, the, the individual players aren't necessarily doing anything too unexpected it's just that somehow the whole thing is it's, it is a bit less than the sum of its parts right now um and it's important right now like i think um I, danger cart had had a comment on twitter today and he's like look um if you're going to win 60 games and get the one seat like and, and win in advance of the finals he said if you want to do two of those three the first two of those three you kind of have to be good all the way through the season you you, you don't really get a, a, a too much of a lull like this and I think it's un- I'd say it's already unlikely that we're going to get the one seed I thought Toronto was going to get it I think I predicted that they'd get it I hope <laughs> um, and t- Toronto is about as good as I thought they'd be and we're just a little bit worse and Milwaukee's a lot better than I thought they would be um, and I, th- I, th- I still think we're better than Milwaukee but I don't think we're better than Toronto so you yeah, know so that's my, my big picture is it's just no one's actually that much worse than I thought we would be, but the 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 the, the magic's not there that it has been in, in previous seasons, um, and I think there's some reasons for that. But um, but yeah, that, that's sort of my opening sort of salvo, Ben. What, like, what's your what's your vibe? You're right, and that there has been a reasonable enough sample size. I, I do think there has been enough Celtics podcast. Uh, Celtics, I do think there has been enough Celtics basketball so far. You know, combined the preseason and and the the season to date, where you know potentially you could start to form a little bit of doubt or worry in your mind. But I I do think that there has been a sequential improvement game to game, particularly. Like since the home and home against Detroit, I do think that since then there's been a noticeable improvement, not only or especially in in Gordon Hayward's case, but just in uh, us playing team basketball. I was really impressed in the first quarter today against the Nuggets where there was some discussion after the Pacers game and the game before against the the Bucks, which we, we fortunately won, where there was way too much three-point shooting going on, way too much camping behind the three-point line and not enough um, driving and dishing or, or just breaking down the defense and getting to the free-throw line at all. It, w- it was really encouraging in the first quarter today um, 
to to see the Celtics actually address that. Like it was it was clear as soon as they started the game that was clearly their agenda to 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 change their ways so far and actually start their offense by by trying to penetrate the defense and then reacting accordingly whether that was dishing out to the open man and getting your three-point shots that way or getting to the free throw line or distributing the ball in another way once the defense breaks down that was really promising to see it's just unfortunate that we didn't carry that out through the rest of the game our offensive rating in the first quarter against the Nuggets was 136 and our defensive rating was 76 which is awesome it's a huge differential in terms of our offensive efficiency and our defensive efficiency but for the rest of the game it was offensively 101.4 and the defensive rating was 120 which is just not sustainable in any era particularly this era where people are scoring out of their minds so that first quarter I I don't want to focus on that too much because it's a four-quarter game um, and it kind of reminded me of the third quarter against the Pacers as well. They did the math. (laughs) (laughs) Someone's going to do the math But, but uh, there, we're starting to see uh, elongated periods of time where this team is playing to their potential. Um, it, it playing in a way where you, you sort of expected them to be playing, you know, through the preseason and, and through the season so far. But there have been, and I don't want to, I don't want to equate us to these great teams of the past. But there have been teams where they've had this sort of deep, um, sort of diverse level of talent. Like the, I think it was the 2010 Heat, and also when Durant first joined the Warriors. Obviously, we're not at that caliber, particularly at this moment. But those teams didn't find their rhythm, find their mojo right off the mm. bat. It took them a little while, and I, I feel like we're seeing a little bit of that now with the Celtics. We had Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum having their egos stroked by the media and the fan bases and ex-NBA greats working out with them throughout the offseason. These guys are coming back thinking that they're the shit and that they are great in their own right, but they have to they have to find chemistry with with Gordon Hayward and, and Al Horford and Kyrie Irving, who himself is finally coming back into his own. And I, I think that it's it's easy to say in hindsight, but I think it's unreasonable to say that they're, they're going to hit their stride right off the bat. But I do think that we are starting to see glimpses of that um, as as frustrating as it is when we when we do deviate that, which we're doing the majority of the time. Yeah. I I um I guess I guess we can sort of start to go into a little bit of detail about what we're seeing here. Um, so for me, um, the first thing that I think of when like when I'm watching the Celtics is uh, tempo. And uh, I, I think this is actually more pronounced when Rosier's playing point. Um, I don't like our tempo. I like our tempo when we're getting up and we're and we're the ball's got to hit the paint early. It's not just got to hit the paint. It's got to hit the paint early. And and that way you've got an entire shot clock. That's what that's the advantage of playing fast and playing aggressive. And I sort of feel like our because we're not really talking about the defense too much at this point eh? we're more talking about how 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 the offense is playing and, and my my first feel is that they um like you don't want quick shots you want good shots but you want to get into your offense and you you want to put pressure on the on the defense early and i, I feel like often we take too much time to put pressure on the on on the di- on the opposite on the opposition's defense and you know we really should be like we've got three point guards you know they should be ramming the ball down. <laughs> you know, we should be pushing the tempo right way through. If we've got a deep team and you need to get everyone minutes, um, 
you know, you should be pushing the ball. And I feel like we're good when we do that. Um, you know, off made yeah. baskets, but it just, it's just a, it's it's a it's a statement of intent almost, you know. So that's that's the first thing. What 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 do you you know? What is your? How do you feel about our tempo, Ben? I, I the the tempo varies. I, I feel like it's been getting increasingly and noticeably better with the starting five as they they develop their chemistry among the five of them. But then you've got some some real talent coming off the bench in in Marcus Martin, and particularly as you mentioned with with Terry Rogier. And I feel like of of all the people of all the the, the people that you could be worried about in terms of not like uh, willingly sinking back into their role, I feel like Terry Rogier is the the standout candidate for that, and he kills the tempo because he is trying to get his too too frequently and not playing within the flow of the offense. Uh, from the starting five, I feel like Jason Tatum is is who's killing the the tempo a little bit there, sort of um, like Mook was doing last year. But there are these guys who just sort of haven't really bought in as much as, as maybe some of the others have. And, and yeah, you're right. Like they're affecting the tempo big time and it's noticeable. And and once that happens, then these teams can get out on us in transition off these, you know, long ISO twos that, that create long rebounds and easy transition buckets. And um, that's that's been a real problem for us. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess when we're talking about tempo, it's speed of decision making and, um, I feel like Rosier makes very slow decisions out there on the on the court. Um, I feel like the ball um, really it does stick to him. He's got a he's got this kind of loping handle style, and you know we talk about Rosier wanting to get his, and I think there's some of that, but there's also just like the way he's playing is actually his game, like that's his natural game, and um, and 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 to, to and Tatum, you know, to to a larger extent, although we've seen Tatum perform a different role last year very successfully but Rosier we've never really like seen him be anything other than actually what he is right now for an extended period I would I would argue some people would say you know that stretch he had after Kyrie went down last year I, I'm I think Rosier is a good player I think he's better than his career stats would show but right now he's actually performing right at his career stats he is he's you know he's shooting 40% from the field Guess what? He's always shot forty percent from the field. He always has, you know. Guess what? He's and he's getting like two assists a game. He's always done that. He's not a great playmaker, you know. He's a um, he's a funny piece, and I, I think he's good. You know, don't get me wrong. I think he's better than what he's showing. But that said, I, I don't. There was a lot of noise about him being, um, you know. Like the top, I think I heard someone. Bill Simmons was really pumping up like a top twelve point guard. I was like, "What? No, he's not. Like he's a really good player, but no, man, no way, man. He's not yeah, top twelve point guard." That's weird because I I don't think I've ever seen Bill Simmons sort of um, overreact or, or deliver that hot of a take in, in anything in Celtics land. So um, weird that he would say that about a Celtics uh, backup point guard in Terry Rozier. But <laughs> there you go. Um, Sarcasm, by the way. <laughs> uh, um, of course, Bill Simmons overreacts to everything and, and it has outlandish takes. He's the guy who fist pumped on um, on national on TV James that when Young, we drafted that James so Young. Great. Now, uh, user B Elliot five five four wrote on the post game thread that Rogier is actively hurting this team. I would love to see a point guard who can actually pass the ball, take his spot. In the in the off season. This is crazy to think about now, but everything's 2020 in hindsight. But 
and I, I don't want to deviate too much from the discussion around the, the team currently because that's important, but the discussion in the offseason was who would be less, most likely to be traded, and that would be Mook Morris. And like now, obviously, that, that seems crazy. He's basically <laughs> He's like the best, our best player on the player team. right now. <laughs> yeah, which if you told me then, like I, <laughs> I would not have believed you by, by any stretch. But it's insane, but it's true. But it's an interesting point. It's probably a little early. I, I do think that we probably need to leave a little bit more time for this team to click because... Typically, Rozier, I think, would be an important part of a, of a deep playoff team or a potential championship team because of what he brings off the bench in terms of a spark plug and, and what, he, what he contributes to the team defensively and offensively. But I think B. Elliott, 5-5-4, uh, like I, I hesitate to agree but because I, I love Scary Terry, but he is, he is actively hurting the team. I don't think that he's playing within the flow of the offense. And where we're starting to see extended stretches where Tatum like doesn't look for his shot so much and actually sort of plays within the flow of the offense and is assisted on his shots and, and rather than pulling up is actually spotting up. But we're not really seeing that from Rogier. He's playing like a guy who's who's he's trying to play like an outlier and, and earn his his subsequent contract from his current tenure with the Celtics. Yeah, it, it I mean, this is one of my pit pit topics. I I, I this is kind of I'm not surprised that this is happening to Rosier right now. I'm really not, um, and and it's why I think he probably should have him and he should have pushed a little harder for an extension, um, and probably should have been a little more negotiable on it. Um, but that said, you know a whole lot can happen, and uh, next year's going to be a good year to be a free agent. So there's there's plenty of reasons why not. But it's going to be a hard year for him. He's not like he's not Kyrie Irving, and Marcus Smart's like. Marcus Smart, in my opinion, is a better player. And Marcus Smart is certainly a better point guard. He's not a better scorer, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. but but um Rosier is you know, he does what Kyrie does worse than Kyrie. You know, he's a little bit poor man's Kyrie. Um he does some other things like his rebounding is and, and his and his and his and he can put some pressure on defensively, but but um yeah, for for me I sort of feel like it, I'm not surprised he's the odd man out. So, um, yeah, um, I guess I, I think in hindsight maybe he should have looked for looked to to negotiate an extension. But um, but who knows? I could well be proven wrong on that. Um, yeah, the the way he plays, it's it yeah for me it's just a, it's just a tempo thing. It's just like you got to put pressure on the paint if you can't get rid of it quick, you know. And um, and and things seem to go a lot slower when he's there you know I, I i wish i could track you know how many shots we get at the rim when he's on the floor but i i, I feel like it would be less than if marcus was the point yeah i mean you can definitely you can definitely tell you can definitely tell the, the effect on the on the tempo and i think that it's it's still early enough i i really wanted to get to obviously this is a this podcast is very much um sort of scoped through the lens of of the Celtics Reddit community, that's we you know we know where our bread is buttered. That's fine, but <laughs> I wanted to talk about how um, how dreary that the Celtics Reddit, um, like the Celtics subreddit, is at the moment. There's a, a lot of overreacting, and the, the reason I get to that is because you know we're talking about Rogier, we're talking about this sort of um, lack of tempo and, and adjusting, and the, the team gelling, and you know we, we touched on sample size and things like that but i really i really do think it's too early to freak out and it, it's been a disappointing start but what well, it's been 10 games now we have seen 
gradual improvement, particularly uh, in Gordon Hayward and, and Kyrie Irving, which we'll get to. But I really, really do think that it's too early to be freaking out. And there are a lot of people on on Celtics Reddit and you know Twitter and and general like uh, gatherings of fan bases where people almost seem like they're entitled to yeah. to a dominant team, to a, a team that should be just kicking us from the get go. And I'm I just. I mean, I understand a fan, like being a fan and being passionate about your team and, and being disappointed when you lose. That's definitely me. But you have to allow time for these things to, to blossom. You know, you, you, to, to yeah. continue on, on that analogy, you plant a seed, a flower grows, and then when it's in season, it blossoms. And, and ideally, our season is the post-season when really we're blossoming. And obviously, we have wow. to do a lot of good things between now and then for us to, to make the postseason and, and ideally have home court through the majority of the postseason. But well, I, I think it's un, unrealistic to expect this team to to be dominant from, from day one. And you know, one of our best players, our highest paid player, Gordon Hayward, or one of our highest paid players, is coming back from literally turning his ankle inside out. I think we, we have to allow that time to to heal. We have to allow time for the team to gel and, and we have to temper our expectations in the meantime. And and, and I, I live on the Celtics subreddit. It's the first <laughs> place that I go on the internet every day. It's the last thing I check before I go to bed. It's why I, we started this podcast. But it's a sad place at the moment. And my, my friend, Nick, shout out to Dice. He runs the Nuggets Reddit podcast, the only other NBA team Reddit podcast uh, in existence there. They're up and coming. Go check those guys out. I'm sure they'll be talking about the Celtics in their next episode. He um, popped onto the Celtics subreddit before the game today and messaged me and was like, dude, like, what's going on over there? That place is like dreary as fuck. Everyone's super upset. Like, you guys won 17 titles. The Nuggets don't have any titles. We're really, really happy. I understand, you know, recency bias and, and things like that. But, you know, getting back to the point and getting back to, to recent Celtics um, performances, I, I really do think that it's too early to to go spitting the dummy and and just giving up on the team. And I am seeing a lot of that. And I, I do think that we need yeah, to enjoy yeah. the process. We've seen a lot of gradual improvement and we need to hold out hope and have optimism that, you know, this team's got a long way to go. Yeah. Look, End I, of rant. <laughs> you, you, you took us to church for a second there, Pastor Ben. <laughs> I feel um, strongly about this. <laughs> all this talk of seasons. <laughs> um, uh, so... I agree with most of that. Um, I I think it's okay to be disappointed because we did expect that they would be better, and they are not. Um, and, mm-hmm. and and we sort of talked about this earlier in the earlier in the year. And, and I think it's fair to say this team is less fun than previous teams have been. Right? Like the IT teams were just a boatload of fun. So Agreed. much more fun. Agreed. And part of that is expectations. When you come with yeah. championship expectations, the season is just less fun. And you've kind of, you, I think we talked about this a little bit in the in one of the earlier pods, you know, but you just kind of got to brace yourself for that. Um, like the, you know, some of those Pierce Garnett teams weren't actually that much fun aside from the first year, you know. Um, I think, I think it's also fair to say that we are a reasonable distance behind Toronto in terms of where, you know, the the, the quality of the of the team and also in terms of record. And I, I think it's very likely at this point that Toronto will have the one seat in the East. Um, that's okay. Um, 
I, I think uh, it's not good. Like, I think we want to have the one seed. We probably, um, we, we're going to underperform expectations win-wise, but that's okay. We don't necessarily have to, we don't have to have the one seed to be the, the, the winner of the Eastern Conference, right? We have to show progress. We have to show a lot more progress than we have right now. Um, the, <clears throat> I guess, um, I, the other thing that I, I kind of think of is I, I think people overreact to, to the to the general wins and losses, and this is like a, this is my silver lining. Um, <laughs> okay, we've only had one bad loss, right? Orlando. The Orlando game is the yeah. only bad loss we've had. Okay, so the Toronto loss was actually Toronto game was a pretty good game. We got outgunned at the end, you know, but it was that was blow for blow, and then. Um, you know, Kyle Lowry had a haymaker three and put them up eight with like a minute forty left, and you know, but it was it was a tight game. Um, the Pacers game, we probably should have won. Um, I thought we were going to lose tonight. Like, I'm not surprised we lost tonight at all. You know, road trip in Denver. Denver's good. We're a little aver- You know, we're not playing that great. Not surprised at all. So, you know. We've only had one bad loss, okay? Like, it could be way worse. We're not a bad team. We're not so bad. Like, we could be the Houston Rockets right now. <laughs> you know? Like, we're <laughs> yeah, not so... Yeah, sorry. Sorry, man. Go for it. No, just that the, the Rockets themselves are starting to turn it around a little bit as well, which is expected. Sometimes, you know, teams that are good on paper get yeah. off to a bad start in, in reality, and then they turn things around. And I don't want to... I don't want to be Mr. Optimism, but... Like it, it would literally, it, it would genuinely be unreasonable to say that this team is done. You know, like that's because totally. that's the alternative to saying, well, they'll probably be okay, right? Is that they won't go anywhere? Like that, that is far crazier than having any optimism about this team. So, yeah, like uh, you're right. Absolutely, losing to Orlando is nothing short of a disappointing loss. But the Pacers are a great team. That you know, possibly an underrated team in the East. Um, speaking of underrated teams, the Nuggets are sadly and, and greatly underrated. They're a, a great team, and yet it took a, a career performance. Jamal Murray, 48 yeah. points on 65% yeah. from the field. There was an interview with Brad Stevens. Um, it's on YouTube. Post-game interview with Brad Stevens said that their, their focus, and I was surprised to hear this because I would have thought you know the focus would have been predominantly on, on Jokic. And I'm, I'm sure it was, at least to, to some degree. But their focus, for the most part, was on Jamal Murray. And he hit a couple of shots early and then he just got going and they were doubling him they were throwing you know different assignments in him and, and at that point he was just rolling and and he, he wouldn't stop and it, it took that from Jamal Murray for for them to for the Nuggets to, to beat us and similarly with with um uh Oladipo in the in the Pacers game in the fourth quarter he, he you know we, we did well on him all, all game and it, it took him going absolutely well it took Kyrie Irving missing a layup you know that that, that was a game yeah. we we should have won um but yeah, we didn't play that great. It's not like we didn't. It's not like Indiana. It's not like we deserved to win, but we we, you know what I mean. Like we should have won. Um, yeah. I think. Look, there's a non-trivial chance, we, guys. We need to brace ourselves for this. There's a non-trivial chance that we are in for a second-round exit this year. We could face one of Philadelphia, Milwaukee, or Toronto, in a in a playoff series. That. You know, they're good teams. They're real threats to beat us. Um, we could lose in the second round. That's not... It's not our birthright. Like, you, you were talking about the, the... There's this sort of... This um, this tantrum that, you know, people are throwing because we're not... Um, because we're not Toronto yet, you know? Um, it would be awesome if we were Toronto. Maybe we'll be as good as that. 
by the end of the season. But yeah, it's not our it's not our birthright to be you know the Eastern Conference champs. Um, and you know I'm not I'm not like I'm not like blown away surprised by this. You know I, I expected we would be better, but I'm not surprised that the gap that there's a gap between us and Toronto. I'm not. And things just yeah things just aren't that dire. You know we've only had like I say one bad loss. Um, yeah. All of those other ones could have gone. Actually, all of the games, all of our losses could have gone either way mm-hmm. this year. Um, you know, we could quite, you know, we could quite easily be, you know, um, seven and what are we, six and four right now? We yeah. could quite easily, we could so easily be seven and three, right? <laughs> and very easily eight and two. You know, it's it's not it's not that bad. Yeah, and, and we could so easily rattle off seven in a row and put all of this behind us. And I you know, last season every season there are stretches where we lose five in a row or there are there are, you know, dire stretches where things aren't aren't looking good. We we certainly had those last year and every every season in recent memory, but we we seem to turn things around. But you're right, Joe. We're not entitled to to win the Eastern Conference. We're not entitled to even make it past the first round. We went to seven games with an injured team, you know, the first round last year. Like we could have so easily lost that that we seventh game yeah, to Giannis. Sure and and um, to be fair, like seeing as it didn't lead to a finals berth or a championship anyway, like maybe that would have put us in a better spot to to temper our expectations for for this season. But yeah. I don't know. I don't, anyway, I don't want to. I don't want to reach back into the past too much. I, I do have well, one positive I- thing. Sorry, oh, no, sorry, I do Jay. think that does matter though, because the legend of Jason Tatum and Terry Rozier was so enhanced, you know, and Jalen Brown was just so enhanced through that playoff run, which like people talk about small sample size, and I know it matters, but a playoff run, you know, if you take from the Milwaukee series through the end of the Cleveland series, how many games did we play? We played nineteen games. Seven five seven, right? You know? It mean it means something, but it's a twenty game sample size. It's possible that Jason Tatum got a little hot, you know. It's possible that Terry Rozier got a little hot and then got a little cold in Game Seven, you know. Um, and, Real talk. And, and, and and you know that, that I I, th- I happen to think Jason Tatum's a really good player. I think that it showed something that was real, but you know our expectations were inflated because we'd seen them in this you know in this environment where there's a lot of media attention. You know, um, Jason Tatum's going to be a really good player, but like, I, I'm not ready to call him a future Kevin Durant man. Like Kevin Durant was way better this time in his second season. <laughs> you know, um, he still can be a really good player. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, I, I sort of feel like the those playoffs just inflamed the expectations. Yeah, and potentially his ego. You're right, though. Like I, I went into this season expecting. I don't know how. I'm obviously not, you know, uh, <laughs> a coaching savant in any stretch of the imagination, but I expected everyone to get theirs. But I think it obviously takes a lot more than that, and we're still working that out. And there are there are many lenses through which to, to look at, you know, the potential for this team, but I, I hold out hope that they'll figure it out. I, I do think that we have the right personnel top-down to make this happen, but it's unfortunately just going to, uh, and more realistically, just take a little longer than, than maybe we would have hoped. Uh, I want to get to one point of optimism and then read out a few more of these these Reddit comments because we sort of, I feel like we've we've captured the full sort of spectrum of emotion among the Reddit community and it's, uh, you know, it's important to get out. But Kyrie Irving, I want to, you know, sway it back to a little bit of optimism. So in October, his averages were 16.4 points at 43% 
from the field and five boards and five assists at uh, minus two overall on average in terms of plus minus. November, just under 26 points at 60% from the field, five boards, seven assists, a steal and a block at a plus seven. You say what you will about this team and and this, I, I do think maybe this is a like a... Uh, some some light on the horizon in, in terms of oh, this team and, and their future. Kyrie Irving is finally playing like the alpha. He's playing like Kyrie Irving. He's playing like our best player, which he is, I think. And perhaps once he starts to lead the way and, and, and lead the team in a number of statistical categories and, and play like the alpha that you know we, we have known him to be um, in seasons past, that, that members of our team will will fall in line behind him and then we'll have like a hierarchy that most teams, most successful teams tend to have. Um, and he's really, really playing like, particularly in the last two games and today against Denver, like he was just, he was hitting some crazy shots and unfortunately it was overshadowed by uh, Jamal Murray's performance, but like he was, he was going nuts and that that's the kind of Kyrie Irving that we need to, to win a championship and, you know, <laughs> just to win games in the regular season, hopefully. But mm. I thought that was that's a, a real point of optimism going forward. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna disagree a little bit. Great. Um, and and th- this is why. I think we need Kyrie Irving to be capable of doing that in those inevitable down periods in your offense. You know, you need Kyrie Irving to be able to go supernova in those periods of time where you need the, the scoreboard to keep ticking over. It's really nice to have that because there'll always be times you get out of rhythm. <clears throat> um, but it's a, it's it's like sometimes you need a cup of coffee to get going in the morning, <laughs> but you don't <laughs> want to live on coffee. And um, I, I sort of feel like you know it, the 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 way I don't think we're at our best when Kyrie Irving's scoring a lot of points. I think we're at our best, at our absolute best, when Al Horford is, you know, involved in just about every scoring play. Um, I, I, I don't know, I've sort of said it in a couple of our chats. I feel like we're doing real good when Al Horford's, you know, either shooting threes or attacking closeouts. I think that's, you know, that that's a that's normally a pretty good sign for our team. Um, yeah. And yeah, and and. There's been signs of it, but he went through a stretch there where he honestly was just not shooting threes. I forget which game it was. One of the games, but maybe... It, it was the game I went to in Detroit where he scored three points. Right. Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks for putting on a big show for me, Kyrie. I went all the way up to Detroit. Three points. But yeah, you're right. Um, Horford is the fulcrum, but Kyrie is a like a big swinging dick, and we need that <laughs> dick swinging... Uh, we, we do, yeah. yeah. I, I'm I'm going to steer this back, but we we need him being Kyrie, and we need him threatening the defense for everyone else to fall in line and to and to play their role. So while I don't necessarily think, and I, I agree with you here that you know, we don't want to be relying on him. Like he he is that that boost. He is that cup of coffee. He's not you know the 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 um the sustained energy that gets us through the day, but. Uh, we do need him to to threaten being Kyrie Irving for for the defense to react accordingly and for the rest of our guys to to maybe fall in line at least um, in terms of developing a rhythm for the, the season I think and it's only been two games but it's been really promising so far in November that he's he's been that guy and um, you know we, we talk about people returning you know to their their past selves and and hopefully, I don't know. Maybe I'm being too optimistic here, but hopefully Gordon Hayward sort of follows suit 
quickly and, and people start to assume that their you know proposed identities then we start to see the team that we thought we'd be seeing you know right off the get-go but i don't know in a, in a in a world where it's a little bit dreary especially if you're a, a frequent visitor to celtic reddit it's it's nice to see Kyrie Irving getting his and, and maybe that has something to do with the fact that he's on both of my fantasy teams this year so i'm stoked that he's actually putting up stats but um <laughs> I don't know. It's it's good that there's a, a fun element to these losses, and, and Kyrie Irving is, is providing in that sense. Yeah, I think for me, my number one positive, and this, we've sort of talked about this in our chats, but um, I think the the Haywood Morris combo is um, is is like, I think there's really something there. Yeah, um, that's real. I think Morris is big enough that he really like it's just a it's just a combination that really works for whatever reason. Morris is enough of a threat three pointer. He's an itchy, he's a really good threat on the roll. Haywood's great pulling up. He can pull up from three. He can pull up at the free throw line. He can go to the hoop. Well, he used to be able to go to the hoop. No, he's still, he's still okay. <laughs> he's getting he, there. He's getting there. Although, I mean, I tell you what, I only watched the, the highlights of this Nuggets game, and there was this one play, and the ball got thrown ahead to Haywood on a fast break, and I just knew he was, it was a chase down block that was coming. <laughs> you yeah. know, like... It was it was obvious that he was going to get he wasn't going to finish um, finish strong, so he's not yeah. all the way there. But um, no. he's he's a great passer. Um, it's really important. This I think the most I'm kind of going on a little bit of a soapbox here, but I'll make it quick, Ben. Um, the most underrated skill in in all of basketball is throwing accurate passes. Like the, they are actually what offenses subsist on. Accurate, timely passes. You know, if, if a pass goes to your foot, to your feet, you have to stop, you have to catch it, the defense recovers. The whole action is kind of for nothing. You know, when you when you throw accurate passes, you're going to be attacking closeouts eventually um, in rent. Yeah, and he throws these unreal skip passes where yeah. like, he, he will sort of, you know, with his lack of athleticism, relatively speaking, will semi-penetrate the defense and, and draw a guy like off the weak side sort of just enough to maybe help on on a potential you know penetration to the hoop just opening a, a guy up enough in the corner and he'll throw yeah. these great skip passes where i don't know if it's the angle on the tv or whatever but at first you're like what what is this errant pass and then it just arrives perfectly and accurately at, at the chest of the of yeah. the pass receiver and you're like oh yeah like this guy is more than you know his athleticism like he really is this swiss army knife and i, I think that ultimately he'll fit into like the brad stevens scheme really well so that you know again there are some positives to take out of this this dreary few few games and you know while we while we lost the last two games i think we won the four prior or so the four or five prior so it's not all terrible and and like while we are obviously feeling this out we're also winning some games as well so it's not all bad but certainly disappointing based on the expectations from from before the season now there's a couple more reddit shout outs i want to get to so user moini7 wrote in the post game thread God, these losses are painful as hell right now, but I really believe that everyone bringing the absolute best against us now is going to be valuable for this team in the playoffs, which I, I think there is some merit to that. Uh, we have to make the playoffs. We, we have to make the playoffs with <laughs> home court advantage and ideally the first round or two. But we'll make the playoffs, Ben. We're going to be fine. <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> I'm sure. Because, you know, that's maybe a controversial take on Celtics Reddit right now. But yeah, I, I do think that maybe in order to win a championship you need to 
be um, posing that that championship team threat or vibe throughout the season because you you're going to be getting the best that each team has to offer throughout the season and particularly in the playoffs so uh, coming up against that level of competition early surely that's got to be good um, like in terms of the developmental stages for this team so I think uh, Moini 7 makes a good point there yeah yep um I think, you know, you've got a heavy as the head that wears the crown, and when you've got that preseason uh-huh. crown, you know, your head gets a little heavy, doesn't it? Sure. Um, yeah. I, it's, it's very hard. We're sort of dealing with two things right now. You know, we're trying to say, um, like, like, you've got to be real about what is happening right now. Right now, things aren't working that well. They're, we're still a good team, but, you know, they're not working that well. But that just, that only has limited bearing, you know, on what the team will be in six months' time. You know, um, th- th- there's just two things. It's okay to walk and chew gum at the same time. You can say the team actually is not that good right now. That doesn't mean they can't be good in six months' time. But it's also real that, you know, we could find ourselves in the middle of a season like the Thunder had last year, you know, where you come in, man, we should be awesome. And they're just not that awesome. They're just a good 50 win team that gets bounced in the second round. That's also a possibility. Um, brace yourselves, guys. This, this is what happens. We're, we're not a team here. on the rise anymore. We're not real a team talk on the, the rise. Real talk on the Celtics Reddit podcast. I, I mean, I, I hear you. I don't... I, I don't... I'm not ready to... Um, to commit to that line of thinking yet. Like, uh, there's a lot of defeatism and sort of acceptance of mediocrity on on the sub and while i I completely understand that that is possible um and i I don't want to risk seeming hypocritical here because i've talked about how people um you know feel entitled to a certain level of victory but i i just think that there's a we've, we've got all the ingredients and we're just trying to figure out how to cook them up and and make a good meal and i know that is not a technical outline of, of the the situation but i just think it's too early to give up on this team and 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 the parts of, of, of you know totally of this equation I, I i just think that it's it's too early to give up there and we've probably got a lot to be hopeful for and you know we're, we're still above 500 given the struggles that we've seen so far so certainly a lot to work on but um there's a long way to go, and we're only ten games into an 82-game season. We're less of less than one eighth through the season, so there's there's still a long way to go. User in Ainge we trust posted on Celtics Reddit after the game against the Nuggets tonight. The Celtics are now 0 and 4 in games where they shoot less than 13 free throw attempts, while being 6 and 0 in games where they shoot 13 or more free throw attempts. I mean, this is. You, you read that and you're like, well, of course, like getting to the line is important. But I think what that what shows is that we're, we're not getting to the line enough. Uh, I, I do think that we addressed that in the first quarter of the game tonight against the Nuggets. And we addressed that in the third quarter in the game against the Pacers a couple of days ago. Um, but it's not a focus for this team consistently. And, you know, getting back to the team's potential to turn things around and be successful long term. I feel like this is a, a this is low hanging fruit, right? Like we have the we have the um, the personnel to address this, and sure, it's going to take Gordon Hayward a little bit to have the confidence to consistently drive and, and draw contact. But Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, 
Terry Rogier, yeah. Kyrie Irving, even Al Horford. We, we've got these guys who can who can get into the paint and draw contact, and just it's not their focus right now. And um, hopefully, some of the statistics um, and maybe some of the advice coming down from the coaching staff starts to steer them in this direction more consistently, like I we think saw ta- in the first quarter today. I think Tatum's for me. He's been the worst offender um, in this. Tatum has. The thing Tatum's been driving me crazy, I feel like he's been pump faking out of a lot of threes, which is fine. You can attack a closeout just to pull up, you know, from 18. I'm not happy with that. You know, if you want to, if you're going to pump fake out of a three, to me, you've got to get to the rim. And last year, he got to the rim. He'd do those crazy, you know, like those long boy, (laughs) those long boy layups, you know, where he'd he'd sort of often finish on the left-hand side of the hoop with his right hand. Yeah. Um, And, um, you know, we need, yeah, Tatum's got to be getting to the hoop a little more. He's got to be playing with a little more, I don't know, force is a word you hear like um, a lot of analysts use, but it just it just seems to encapsulate. We, we, want, we want to be playing with more force, and I think Tatum's, um, remember how Jay Crowder would like either shoot a three or drive to the hoop? I just want to see a bit of that in Tatum's game, you know? Sure, yeah. Don't settle for the mid-range jumper, essentially. Don't, don't settle for the Kobe shot. Um, which uh, there's no coincidence as to <laughs> why potentially he's settling for those shots more this year than he was this last year. But um, sabotage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> Kobe Bryant's out there playing 4D chess and sabotaging our team from within. <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah, but yeah. I, I I agree with you. Now we've we've got some games coming up. Obviously, that's how a regular season works. Uh, we've got the Phoenix Suns coming up. Really looking forward to that game, got to say. Just feel like that's like a nice, and I don't want to jinx it, touch wood, but I, I feel like that's a nice sort of feel-it-out game, uh, a, a nice um, like like free-for-all where we can go out and execute some of the stuff that maybe we've planned to address some of the issues that we've seen in the, in the team so far. I feel like the Phoenix Suns are a great team to, to basically <laughs> get some like real-time practice in against. I mean, sure. hell, the breakers almost beat them. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Look, we should win against the Suns, and then we've got Jazz and Blazers on this trip, right? So uh-huh. um, I think at this point we have to be pretty happy if we get a split out of the Jazz and the Blazers. The, the Jazz aren't playing that great right now either. Um, it's those... So, yeah. Uh, Suns, you should be able to book that, that win in. If we don't, mm, gee, that's, uh, that's going to be a problem. Um, you know that's a that's a big you know that's a big game to lose. That's you know just in terms of the race for the one seat. Mm-hmm. Um, I expect us to take care of business, and yeah, it should be an opportunity to get some rhythm. Um, but um, but yeah, if we if we come out of this winning the, this this road trip going three and two, I think we'd have to be happy with that um, for where the team's at right now. It's um, yeah, and I, I think the Suns. This is a very timely game against the Suns. Yeah, yeah. Well, well deserved, Celtic Bros. Come up against the Suns and uh, have yourselves a nice win, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, have a night. But the the real sort of thing with the Jazz game is that it's it's finally Gordon Hayward's first game back. Oh wow! Um, the name of the Jazz Arena escaped me for now. I think it's like Delta something or other. I don't know. Uh, but was it Vivint Smart Home Arena or something like that? Sure, that sounds right. But yeah, that's kind of huge, and the Jazz have taken a lot of strides since since parting ways with with Gordon Hayward and the really promising team. And like you said, like they haven't been performing well to date, which sounds familiar. Good teams right. not performing to expectations. Right. It happens. 
but yeah, no, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be, um, you know, potentially these two teams who are looking to find some rhythm coming together and, and working it out amongst themselves. And, you know, the added narrative of Gordon Hayward finally back in the land of the Mormons in Utah there. Um, so it's going to be the interesting. The land of the magical undies. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I've got a lot of love for Mormons, honestly. My basketball coach in high school was a Mormon. I've got a lot of love for Mormons. Yeah, I've never met a Mormon that wasn't likable. Yeah. That's my take. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, the Blazers as well, who um, I, I watched a Blazers game the other day um, because it was the only game on TV at the time, and it was weekend, and they were playing the Pelicans, and Damian Lillard was just absolutely killing it. So... Uh, really excited for the Lillard Kyrie matchup there. I think those two guys are really going to sort of spur each other on, and that's mm. going to be fun basketball. Whether or not we come away with a win, I mean, it's a road trip. It's a long road trip, and it's early in the season, so I, I don't really care about the win or the loss. To be to be fair, I just care about the game being entertaining, and I, I feel like that's that's a time where Kyrie Irving's really going to elevate his game, knowing that he's going against another of the elite point guards in the league. So should be fun. Yeah, I think that they're very evenly matched. Um, I think they're very similar players and very evenly matched. It'll be a good matchup, and I love these West. Like I love the like Pacific time zone games because they sort of they're going after work. <laughs> it's like it's perfect. Um, they sort of finish up around six o'clock New Zealand time. It's great. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> I bet. All right, so we're just about done here. Is there any anything else? Any parting words for the Celtics community, the Celtics Reddit community? Any any final takes you want to drop on us, Joe, before we wrap this up? Yeah, I think I, I just want to reiterate, like, um, this is the cost of expectations, and 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 there's nothing we can do about this season. This season will be, you know, there'll be some difficult moments. It just it just makes me want to emphasise when you get a season like the sixteen season with, oh sorry, the sixteen seventeen season with 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 Isaiah where he was going nuts. Enjoy, really enjoy those seasons because there's nothing like being a team on the rise. It's honestly, in my opinion, the most fun time to be a fan. So you know, gather ye rosebuds while ye may. You know, so if you're a if you're a t- fan of a team like I don't know, um, who's a, like the Bucks right now, this is a great time to be a Bucks fan. Enjoy it, you know, because it, it can't last forever. You get expectations, and expectations are less fun to to deal with as a fan and, and as an athlete but as a fan they are so yeah, it's um, fun to be you know, one year or two years away for, rather than directly under the microscope or the magnifying glass with the with the sun of the media and rnba sort of shining down into it and, and burning a hole <laughs> in your soul whoa man you've got away with words ben <laughs> sometimes uh i'd really like to get that in writing and show it to my my wife and my employer anyway <laughs> That'll just about do it for this episode of the Celtics Reddit Podcast. Episode 30 and counting. 30 episodes now and we're not going anywhere. If you want to reach out, the best way is to comment on the Reddit post for this episode or otherwise on Twitter at Celtic Reddit Pod. We'll be back in a week, hopefully discuss some wins. We'll see. I think there's reason for optimism there. Joe, thanks again. Nice talking to you as always. Yeah, man. You too. Been too long. Yep. All right, folks. Chin up. The Celtics are probably going to be okay. All right. Peace. (laughs)